there's a narrative surrounding Texas A&M's 2024 recruiting class that just isn't true. You are locked on Aggies. Your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome on in the Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every single day. And this episode today is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So I was sitting and going through Twitter, looking up some recruiting stuff, and I was seeing some interesting comments. And these comments said, well, you know, oh, Texas A&M only has six commits in the 2024 class. We should be concerned. We should be worried. What's going on? We have a bad recruiting class right now. Oh, panic. Oh, no. And then I was like, so at first I was, you know, I was like, before I judge this comment and before I, I you know, I'm curious, before I, I make an opinion on it, I want to do some research. I always like to back up my opinions on research. So I said, okay. I looked up on 24-7 sports through recruiting class, and I looked and I found, okay, the class is 27th nationally. It's not a place the Aggies want to be. Ninth in the SEC, that's not a place the Aggies want to be. Fifth in the West, and that's not a place the Aggies want to be. So then I was started, you know, I kind of went quick. I was like, maybe this person's right. Maybe it was a – but I did more research, and I said, okay, let's do a full breakdown of this, and let's check out – on the date today, what is it? May 23rd, 22nd. I'm, I've lost track of this. But whatever date it is, I looked it up and I said, let's see how many commits the Aggies had for last year's recruiting class at this time of the year. On this exact month, I counted them out, right? And I think the answer to that question kind of debunked this argument. The Aggies had three commits this time last year in the 2023 class, let me remind you the 2023 class that ended up 11th in the nation. And one of those uh, commits, no offense to our fan, our, our special teams fans was a punter. So there you go. Two commits that are position, you know, uh, main state position players. And then a punter were committed to the 2023 class at this time last year. So, it kind of makes you sit back and say, well, there's no reason to be concerned. The Aggies signed 19 recruits last year, right? Th three of those players were um, before, only three of those players were before our, the current time of the year it is right now. So I think what I mean by that is everybody just relax. Pull out the Aaron Rodgers, relax on you, okay? Everybody relax. Coach Fisher? I'm telling you, his 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 recruiting prowess, he he has proven time and time again, while the results on the field might not be where many want, where they definitely weren't last year, he has proven that he can get the recruits. So I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt on, you know, he's going to get the job done. He's going to put this recruiting class together. And another thing I found interesting about this background research I did on that 2023 class was this. A good chunk 
a good chunk of those players, including like Ruben Owens, of those players in that class committed in December of 2022. So, you know, I mean, only what? Are they recently committed? And I think that goes to show you that Coach Fisher has time to get his guys. He doesn't, it's not like because he only has six commits right now, it's the end of the world. Now, and there's 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 lots of different arguments within this, this conversation that you could have, and you can kind of say, well, this aspect and this aspect. But what, you know, the whole ninth in the SEC thing is is key. You look at that and you go, well, other schools have a lot more commits. Other schools have more five stars. This is just how Texas A&M has been recruiting these last couple of years. They're going to get their guys in December, but they're going to get their guys. you got to trust Coach Fisher in this. I get people might be a little bit concerned. People might wonder, well, maybe did last year's rough season on the football field lead to some problems in the recruiting trail? That's a conversation. That is a, certainly a conversation, but not one we're going to have until after this season and after December when when all recruiting stuff is put to bed and we figured all that out. But I think – so what I've learned is everybody just needs to take a chill pill on the recruiting class. I get it. It's concerning. Recruiting's fun. Who doesn't love recruiting? Who doesn't love landing a five-star? There's no bigger rush than landing a five-star. So – it's it, there's a thrill in that. It's a fun part of being a, a fan of college football. But at the end of the day, what needs to happen first is the Aggies need to win some football games. And that's something we're going to get into more here in segment three. I want to stick to this narrative right now. And of course, like I said, you know, you see these narratives every, it was only a handful of comments. I don't believe I've actually seen a lot of positive thoughts, comments um, on the recruiting trail on Twitter for the Aggies lately. A lot of people, Heck yeah, we're getting we're getting our guys. We got five stars coming to visit. A lot of positive from from fans on Twitter recently. But I did within these last two to three days see a few handful of comments on some different you know on twenty four seven sports and different accounts saying Texas A&M only has six commits. Should we be worried? What's going on? And I think that I think the argument that I made should put people's panic to rest. Um, you know, and 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 the thing I appreciate is some of the the players that the Aggies have currently committed no five stars. But there's some really good players committed to this 2024 class. We're going to talk about that in segment two. I'm going to break down these guys that are currently committed. But I guess the the bulk of what I'm trying to get at here, the bulk, the real of end all be all of all this is this recruiting class is going to be fine. I trust in Coach Fisher and his system and what he does. He gets players. He's proven it. He's shown us that he can get the recruits. He hasn't. He hasn't proven us to the elite. Um, play on the football field yet and while i expect that to be this year he has proven that we should trust him to land the players necessary to be an elite football team and i believe he's gonna do that again um so i i get where the concern coming from i get where this narrative comes from like i said when i first saw this when i first kind of read into this and and and, and raised this question to myself and said this would be a fun thing to bring on the podcast you know at first i was a little bit on the side of should we be concerned because I'm sitting here thinking some of these other schools have a ton of commits. They have, you know, they already have 14, 15 guys committed. Uh, should we be worried? And then once I did this research and found, okay, Texas A&M didn't have a ton of players committed at this time last year, and they ended up with the number 11 class in the nation. It's all going to work itself out. Um, So I think that is what has kind of calmed my nerves is the fact that 
the commits are going to come. They might just come later. And and often, you know, you, and I'll, I'll give you another fact. I, did. I looked through the top 100 recruits, right? And I kind of just ballpark count. I was like, okay, how many of these guys are committed? How many of these guys are uncommitted? What do we got left here? What, what's left on the table? There was a good 60, 70% of the top 100 recruits that have yet to commit to a school. So now some of them have crystal balls and stuff like that, but there's a lot of these kids that are uncommitted. And the other thing you got to remember too, it's college football. Kids can commit and then, you know, you keep pushing at them. You keep it. So it's not a done deal until they sign that sheet of paper. And I think this recruiting class is going to be just fine. I think everybody, everybody needs to remember that. I think I'm hoping what my hope is, is those of you out there, I'm sure there's a few that are kind of having this concern and it's okay because like I said, I got it at first too. But then when I did a little bit more research, I said, okay, we should, none of us should be stressed about this. So, just remember that this time last year, there weren't a ton of commits. It all, it, a lot of this is going to play out in December. Um, so I'm not concerned about this, this recruiting class. But one thing I am interested to know, I would appreciate if you all went and dropped a comment. Where do you all think that this recruiting class is going to finish um, in the nation and in the SEC? I'm curious. If I had to go ballpark on it, I'd say that Texas A&M finishes with the – Somewhere between 12 and 8 in the nation and probably 4 in the SEC. It would be my guess, four, 4 or 5 in the SEC. So that's kind of my range. But you all give me your numbers. I'm curious to see what you all think. Um, and then in, uh, in segment 2, we're going to talk about these players currently committed. And in segment 3, we're going to get a little bit into um, the kind of the other side of this argument. You're kind of the world's ending, kind of kind of the, the sky's falling side of this argument. So we'll get into that too here in a minute. But what – how good are these six players committed to Texas A&M for the 2024 class? We're going to talk about that, but first I want to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. You know, I love FanDuel Sportsbook. I, it's easy to use, easy to maneuver. Um, I, I, I've really enjoyed placing my bets on there i've been speaking of the nba playoffs i've been doing a lot of 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 you know research and doing some bets on the nba playoffs it's it's fun fandle makes it fun and easy and this no sweat first bet for those of you that have never used fandle there you go you know you you do you think the lakers are going to win do you think the do you think the lakers are going to come back is lebron going to do it well if you do put your money where your mouth is and go uh use your no sweat first bet which is you know if it doesn't hit money back if it hits but boom cash on out so there's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. So, yes, now we've kind of talked about, oh, goodness, what should we be concerned about with the recruiting class? And we've, we've, I've hopefully, hopefully we've put that to bed. We've, we've put the nail on that. And we, we feel we all feel a little bit better about that. But – Let's talk about these six guys currently committed in the 2024 class and kind of learn a little bit about them and what they can do. First guy here is Jordan Pride, 84th player nationally, a six foot one, a six foot one and a half, which I think that's hilarious that they give you a half inch on your on your height on on 24/7 sports. 175 pounds, he's a safety. Uh, we talked about him recently because he was one of the Aggies' more recent commits and. What I like about him, and I made the same argument the other day, what I like about Pride is that he played both sides of the ball um, in high school. And 
I think as, as a safety, as a, as a cornerback, as a, as a defensive back, that helps you kind of get a feel for the offense. Um, I just think that I think it's a great way to better understand the game. You get a better IQ. You have a better football IQ. You've played both sides. You've played receiver. So when you're playing receiver, you look at the, you look at how the defense is lined up. What are they going to do? Who am I going to, who am I going to, what am I going to do? How am I going to play this defense on this route or on this carry, whatever on defense, the same thing. Okay. We got uh trips, right? We got uh, the uh, receiver set up here. You can, you get that feel. You understand how the offensive stuff works so you can better be prepared to defend it on defense. So I think that's a good thing for pride. And another player we're getting ready to talk about, actually a wide receiver commit is, is the same way who plays defensive back a little bit in high school. Um, I just think it's a good thing. I think it, it gets you well diverse to play football. And we've seen it before. We've seen receivers turn to DBs, DBs turn to, to turn to receivers. I don't think that's going to happen with pride. I think he's going to be an outstanding safety. who's going to play early in his Texas A&M career. But I just think he's a great player. He's not afraid to help in the run game. He's a hard hitter for his size. And I'm really um, thankfully picked the Aggies and excited to see what he is going to end up doing during his Texas A&M career. The next guy we're going to sit here and talk about is Ashton Funk, which first of all, I love talking about, you know, great player names to fit your position. Like my number one right now is uh, Jackson Dart. That's just a great quarterback name. But Ashton Funk is an Awesome offensive line name. I just wanted to throw that out there. So Funk is six foot seven, 300 pounds. That is a frame on an offensive lineman that I just absolutely love. Big, tall, lanky kid. You know, 300 pounds on a six foot seven frame, it looks skinny, ironically. So, you know, he's going to put on some weight, um, muscle, put on some weight, gain, get, gain some of that uh, when he gets into the college weight room. And I think this is going to be a guy, 187th player nationally who can come in and play early in his Texas A&M career. That, that, for me, is the prototypical right-out-of-high-school tackle build because then you can put on that weight and that muscle as you grow into your body and in college and grow into your frame. Funk is going to be a great player at Texas A&M, and he's another guy that I think could play early on in his career. My, the next guy who I probably am most excited about is D'Alen Evans, defensive lineman. A uh, Texas kid, six foot four, two hundred and sixty pounds, one hundred seventy fifth player nationally. Um, what I like most about him is the wide array of pass rush moves that he possesses. I feel like offensive linemen often, you know, it, it, you you have to understand how much these players watch tape. They watch tape like eat, sleep, drink tape. That's all they do. So you know, let's say Texas A&M's getting to play, getting ready to, to head to Knoxville, and and. And some of the, you know, Fa three sits down and, and, and tells some of the other linemen, hey, guys, I saw him. You know, this defensive lineman, he only ever does the swim move. He only – he loves to bull rush. You can know how to combat, combat that because you know that he's pretty dependent on one move. That's what I like about Evans is he has so many pass rush, pass rush moves. Just watching his, you know, four-minute highlight tape, um, I saw the swim move, I saw a push-pull move, and I saw a couple bull rushes just mixed right in there. And he got through the offensive line on every single one of them. I, I there was this one where this and it's Texas football. These are legitimate, you know, Texas football. It's the best high school football in the continental United States. There's no debating that. And this offensive lineman that that Evans was going up against on this plan we already talked about was a big dude. I mean, a big dude, big strong looking dude. And Evans just threw him on the ground. I mean, it was there was just no care in the world. He's just excuse me, 
you go that way. I'm going to get after your quarterback. Thanks. Have a good rest of your day. And just parked him. <laughs> and I just, I mean, that's a big kid he put on the ground. And um, I think Evans is going to be another guy. I think he, he seems like a guy who could climb up the rankings, even from that 175 spot um, that 24 seven sports has him at. So um, I'm excited to see what he can do in college station. Because goodness, I think he's going to be a freaking nature. And I'm Evans is going to be a guy, another one of these guys. He's the last one of these guys who I think will play early in his AM career. Next guy we're going to talk about is the quarterback of the 2024 class to this point. You know, sometimes you bring on two, but to this point, Anthony Maddox, six foot one, 165 pound quarterback, 440th player in the recruiting class. What I like about Maddox is his effortless arm strength. You know, um, a lot of quarterbacks don't have that arm strength you know or or, or don't or, or more of accuracy over arm strength or vice versa and Maddox isn't that way he is more arm strength and accuracy I was really impressed because when I first watched some tape he had a couple runs early on in this tape and I'm like okay he's a dual threat guy well I'm curious to see if he's gonna be able to run the foot if he's gonna be able to, to throw the ball accurately he's putting balls I mean it's over the shoulder right right there in the bucket uh, right and um I was just really impressed with his tape. He did not look like the 440th player in this recruiting class. Um, so I think Maddox is a guy, I think he's going to sit for a few years. I mean, it happens with quarterback. The 440th player in the class is not often going to come in and start as a freshman. We all know that. But he's a guy with, if Coach Petrino sticks around for a while, I think he could develop Maddox into a Lamar Jackson-esque. Now, don't go running with that because, like I say, it's just – He's a, he's a quarterback who loves to run the football and is a, is a pretty accurate passer. So you can see how Petrino, of course, coached Lamar Jackson at Louisville, could work with that. Um, so Maddox is a guy I would love to see in his system with Coach Petrino and them kind of figure something out together. Next guy is DeBron Gatling. This, this is a, he's a wide receiver. He's got a really interesting way of playing the game. He's not a big kid, six foot, 180 pounds, a 491st player in the class. But he – I'm trying to think how to, how to put this. He wins 50-50 balls a lot. He's not – Texas A&M fans, you know, we'd love to talk about Mike Evans. He's not a Mike Evans-sized guy. He's six foot. Um, and – but he wins 50-50 balls at a really high rate. And some of the video clips watching his highlights, some of these dudes are taller than him, and he's just jumping up over him. He's got a massive vertical. He's a quick dude. He's a good route runner. I think the route runner, uh, he could he could crisp up the route running a little bit. I think that'd be the one knock I'd have on him. But he had this one play. This was the, the best play on his tape. It was, it was, it looked just like something Debo Samuel will do. So Gatling, he starts here, you know, he does a little, okay, yeah. And he gets here and then he can, runs like a little few yards slant, gets the ball put right on him, and he sees people crashing the way on him the way he was running. So instead of just, you know, gaining the six yards and getting hit and getting tackled, he put on the brakes, kind of did like a little 360 loop back to the to the um, to the hashes and got upfield and gained an extra probably 35, 40 yards that he wouldn't have gained if he just kind of kept running and tried to make a man miss in the middle of the field. It was a really impressive move. It was the type of the move. It was a type of move that you say, wow, this kid's going to be good. Um, and then the last commit in the 2024 class is just uh, Tristan Jernigan, six foot two, 220 pound linebacker, 571st player nationally. I throw the high, high football IQ out a lot, but this kid just watched the tape. He just, he understands the game really well. 
Um, another guy I don't think he's going to play on early in his career, but I think he could develop with that frame and his knowledge of the game and knowledge of the position. I think he could develop into a really good linebacker for the Aggies, which is, of course, a position of need. That's been talked about a lot. We we all can agree on that. So Jernigan, a good player. I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to the table. Um, and that's it. That's the six guys committed currently for the Aggies. Um, so let's talk about what's next for this recruiting class. Yeah, you know, um, this is interesting. This is where I'm going to give you a little bit of pushback to kind of my first argument of, of it's okay, everybody, don't worry. We're, it's all good in the hood. Nobody needs to worry. Now, not saying panic. I don't think anyone needs to panic. But what I will tell you is this. I do think it's time for Coach Fisher to show it on the field. You know, you can land the recruits. You can get the guys. You can do all that. But at the end of the day, you have to win football games. Players don't want to come play for a team that's going to win five games or seven games or six games. Players want to come play and fight and, and, and play and fight for SEC West titles and SEC championships and college football playoff appearances. So that is the position that this football team needs to be in. You know, um, Texas A&M put a lot of money into Coach Fisher, put a lot of belief, these fans, their heart and souls and um and on the recruiting trail, he's, he's he's delivered. But on the football field, there's been some disappointing seasons for what was expected. Um, and I'm starting to have that belief that if Coach Fisher can't put together an 8-9-10 win season, that recruits might start to say, well, well, heck, I'll just go to Bama. Heck, I'll go to Georgia. Heck, I'll go to Texas. Um, and we don't want that. You want the best players playing at Texas A&M. Um, so I, – the pushback, you know, and and that's why, like I said, December is the month. So, of course, the Aggies are going to play unless you know they're playing in a in a in a late season bowl or whatever. They will have played all their games by the time um, this you know December comes by. So, the key to that for me is this: you have this season. Go out there and show these recruits that are really really excited about Texas A&M, love what's going on in College Station, but just aren't you know want to make sure that. The Aggies can win football games before they put, you know, put their name down saying, I'm committed to Texas AM. Go win some football games for those kids. Go get those recruits. Cause you know there's some that are on the fence saying, Well, I could go and be a wide receiver for Alabama and start as a sophomore and, and compete for three national championships while I'm there. Or I could go to Texas AM and have a couple disappointing seasons. That I don't think is going to be the case. For because I think because I've been very open that I think Texas AM is gonna have a great season. I really do. I think this is the year. I think people are underestimating how awesome Coach Petrino is gonna be for this team. I think the Aggies win a lot of football games this year. And I think that this narrative of what should we be concerned? I think it's gonna be blown out the window in a few months and we're gonna all feel a lot better about it. But I do think that if Texas AM struggles to win games this year, it could eventually affect on the recruiting trail. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Texas A&M is going to have an awesome season. I think they're going to win a lot of games. I think they might win a game or two that people aren't expecting. Um, but if that doesn't, then it's a conversation that we're going to have to potentially have here, you know, closer to November, December, because then that's when this narrative will come into play if the Aggies don't have a good year on the football field because nobody wants to come play for a team that underachieves every year. So this is the year. Coach Fisher has got to overachieve this year, and I think he's going to do it. I think this is the year. I think the Aggies are going to have a good year on the field, and I think it's going to lead to another outstanding Texas A&M recruiting class. 
That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Aggies. I really appreciate you all stopping by, and we will see you tomorrow.